You can't go out playing golf having fun. Fun, senor, you have obviously never played wing foot. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. You've got to be kidding me, Vegas. I'm on night. There's my picks for this week. Now, if you want next week's picks, I can give you those by Friday. Hello, everybody, and welcome to what are we in divisional round here? The divisional round of the Wingfoot Locks brought to you by Wingfoot Sports. Greg Hoyle has grown a beard. A playoff beard is in full swing now, uh, despite a disappointing wild card weekend for him. And uh, me, I'm just going just going steady. Little little disappointing, but just going steady after last week's wild card picks. Greg, what's your biggest takeaway from wild card weekend? Well, first off. I've had a beard the entire time we've been doing this, so I'm not sure who we've been talking to. Uh, <laughs> not like this. It hasn't been this thick. But but my takeaway is I've, I've never had a week where I was more right with prop bets and more wrong with actual selections. And it's a good thing that I really load up on my prop bet selections <laughs> uh, and, and really, you know, put some peanuts on those selections and then make the other bets a lunker, but, uh, yeah, what are you going to do? All right. And, uh, your thoughts on, uh, the Eagles and the way that game played out on, on to the next pick. Uh, this is, these are my thoughts. This is why it's better to watch the game at home than go to the game because disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can drown your misery and sorrow. And actually yeah. see what's happening. All right. So with that, we will move on to tomorrow's games. That's right. We got another Saturday slate for you. The Minnesota Vikings after they were the only team. We told you we thought they were the only team we could not see winning outright on wild card weekend. And in overtime, the Saints lose again. Another no pass interference call, which I don't think it was pass interference this time, uh, but no pass interference on Kyle Rudolph as he catches it in the end zone. Another walk off loss for the Saints. And that means Minnesota marches on to head to San Francisco to take on the 49ers right now. Minnesota seven point dogs in this one. 49ers had a little time to rest, obviously, coming off that game against the Seattle Seahawks that got them the number one seed in the playoffs. So where do you put San Francisco right now, Greg, as they get ready to take on the Vikings? Yeah, my only play would be on San Francisco um, with the Vikings going on the back-to-back road games and then a short week here uh, going into Saturday, um, having that first game. So that's a pretty tough scheduling situation, um, but they're getting a lot more healthy, um, and so is San Fran as well. So um, I'm, you know, unlike last week, I'm not going to be surprised if Minnesota plays, uh, you know, spunky and, and hangs in there and everything. But I don't really, I don't really like them to win back-to-back road games where they're uh, seven-point dogs, right? Um, so my my lean would be the Niners, but I wouldn't lay a touchdown. So I think this game is interesting in for a couple reasons. One, as you said, Minnesota getting a little bit healthier. They were missing so much of their secondary. I think two of those guys are expected back uh, for this one against the 49ers. Uh, also, Jimmy G making his first playoff start here. You were talking about a stat on first time on quarterbacks making their first playoff start against the spread, Greg. What, what What's the take on that going into yeah. this one? 
Yeah, I was saying that on Saturday last week, I was just, uh, I don't do like the Daily Fantasy, but I was listening to some Daily Fantasy um, podcasts, and they were just talking about how it's like somewhere in either the high 30s or low 40s for um, first-time quarterbacks in a playoff game against the spread. So I heard that and I was on the other side of it unfortunately last week and I couldn't get off of what I had already selected um but it proved to be I think we we said it, it proved to be pretty good last week that if you picked against uh, you know Wentz and Allen um you were in good shape and then um Tannehill you know with his 72 yards really yeah, <laughs> stuck it to him yeah um, but yeah it's a you know that that's probably the only counterpoint that I would have. Otherwise I do, you know, I I do like the Niners. um, Yeah. Just because of all the rest and how healthy they are. Yeah. And, and when you look at it on the other side of it, right, Minnesota, there's travel and then there's what Minnesota has to do. Basically making the longest possible trip going on the road two weeks in a row. They were in Philadelphia last week. Uh, I'm sorry, not Minnesota. Scratch that. They were in New Orleans last week, but now they're going to San Francisco. Um, so they've got a, a big trip that they're making now. And um, but everything else, really, there's a lot of good numbers for Mike Zimmer. Um, that play out in this one. There's actually some good numbers, believe it or not, for Kirk Cousins, right, Greg? That play out in this one. Bad, oh no, the bad, bad numbers. Bad. What were you saying about Kirk, Kirk Cousins before? Yeah, so it's the it's the um, the non the non one o'clock start stat. So basically, anytime he's not starting at one o'clock, he's like one of the highest cover guys on one o'clock games oh. on Sundays, and one of the lowest cover guys outside of that so it's pretty it goes against it right so that's why i wouldn't take the vikings and quite frankly that's why you know we shouldn't have been so obtuse with uh with the vikings last week and then should have considered that as a play but revisionist history what do you think it is he just has uh, some chamomile before bedtime and he needs good got a good bedtime routine when the game starts at 4 30 it gets late around seven o'clock for him Hey, I'll tell you what, I, I don't blame him. I hate I hate the Sunday slate here, the three whatever and then the six forty. Oh brutal. It. Yeah, it's, it it really messes with my routine. I don't do three o'clock games on Sunday and six forty. Yeah. Unacceptable. So. And what are you and what are you supposed to do from one o'clock until three o'clock? Exactly. <laughs> I guess landscaping. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we've got the weather for it in the Northeast this weekend. That's for sure. All right. So in this one, I I, I obviously lean the 49ers. Uh, I think, Greg, you would lean the 49ers in this one as well. Um, Seven points is a lot, though. Obviously, one of those key numbers. Um, And obviously a little gun shy after what Minnesota did last week to uh, the New Orleans Saints. We're moving on to the next game on Saturday, which is the Tennessee Titans, the nation's darlings after upsetting the New England Patriots, which we may have talked about a little bit last week uh, here on the podcast. Now they head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens, who have been undoubtedly the most dominant team this season, winning 12 in a row coming into this one. Baltimore nine and a half point favorites as they get ready to host the Titans. What's your early look on this one, Greg? Uh, you're going to do most of the talking on this one, but since we are talking about them being darlings, did, have you watched the video, the barstool video uh, with Tom Brady's face from the Wolf of Wall Street? 
Uh, no, but I heard about it. Go ahead for our listeners. Uh, it's just it's just pretty funny. I mean, the New England folks are uh, going nuts about Brady coming back, and and plus one of the uh, superimposed faces is Robert Kraft, and he gets the double pop fingers in there. So it's it's just a, it's a funny little. Uh, you should check it out. Was this the was this the I'm coming back or are they they're not I'm not going anywhere? Yeah, I'm not yeah. I'm not effing leaving. Yeah. So I think that's funny. Uh however, I have to give credit where it's due. Noah Syndergaard actually started that last season for the Mets when he was on the trading block. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he put it out last season and uh on his social media, which by the way, if you are into following people on social media, Noah Syndergaard across the board, great follow. The man is absolutely hysterical. Check him out. Um he might be I think he's at Thor. I'm not I'm not actually even sure what his Twitter handle is, but go look him up. You'll find him. Anyway, so he gets credit for that first. So, anyway, now Mike Vrabel and his Belichickian tactics, which I absolutely loved him burning the clock and using Belichick's moves against him at the end of that game uh, in New England. He's taking those to Baltimore. All right. So in this one, I think that the Baltimore Ravens have had a little bit of a cupcake uh, schedule down the stretch. They played um, the Jets. They played the on Thursday night, uh, a game in which the Jets were ridiculously banged up. Um, they had nobody on offense or defense. I think it seemed like in that one. Uh, and that game, I think was still a lot closer than the final score indicated. They played Cleveland, uh, in the final game of the season. I think the sandwich game might've been Cincinnati there in the middle, uh, for them. So three, three East subpar, obviously we're not talking about playoff level competition, uh, for them coming into this. And then you've got Tennessee, who had to fight their way in, who two out of the last three weeks has to play uh, the Houston Texans, who are the division leaders, and they need every single game. So they've been in playoff mode for a little while here. Look, Mike Vrabel, and I've been on Tennessee's bandwagon for a long time now. Mike Vrabel and what he's done as a head coach has been absolutely impressive to me. Uh, he is, he gets the schemes that go into it. He gets the idea of exploiting your other teams, the other team's weakness and, and your strength. And he took advantage of it. You know, Greg asked me before we came on tonight, how I would have felt if I had heard that Ryan Tannehill only had whatever it was, 72 yards throwing and, and his numbers there, but he saw how much the run was working and he kept the ball away from the Patriots offense with Derrick Henry, just feeding that beast. I think we get a little bit more of a balanced attack. Let's not forget that the Patriots had, I believe the top ranked defense uh, in both scoring and yardage for the entire season. And that defense was really good. And he was going up against a master in Bill Belichick in game planning. So I think they just didn't have the horses uh, offensively to get that one done. I think that this week they stepped down a little bit in competition. I think that Baltimore Ravens defense is a little bit uh, overrated. I think they come in number three scoring on the year. But a lot of those games were blowouts. A lot of those games were uh, against. I mean, you got two against Cincinnati, two against Cleveland right there. And let's not forget. Cleveland blew out the Baltimore Ravens early in the year and they did it with a running game and just handing the ball off to Nick Chubb over and over again. Yep. 
I think that ultimately the Ravens are going to win this one because Greg and I talked about this earlier. We've got a kicker for the Titans who's never kicked a field goal in the three weeks he's been with Tennessee. And his name just happens to be Greg Joseph. So Greg Joseph, I think if, if he does, by the way, we like an under one and a half field goals in this. And Greg can talk about the numbers on that in a second. But if it comes down to special teams and field goals at the end, you know, I think that's going to go Baltimore's way, whether it's the Titans get a chance to tie or win late. That's a lot of pressure on a kicker who hasn't kicked a field goal. And I'll, I'll put my money on Justin Tucker making it if it's the other way. Um, the most accurate field goal kicker in NFL history now. So I'm going to take the Titans plus the points, nine and a half, because I think that's a ton. I think this is a one-possession game, um, and I think Baltimore comes out on top. What are your thoughts, Greg? Yeah, I like, um, I like the way you're going with that. Um, and I don't, I don't really – you had all the analysis for that game. That wasn't really one that I was looking at all that much. But I wouldn't be su- too surprised if it was high scoring, um, you know, both teams in the yeah, mid to high 20s, 20, 24, 28 type of situation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, looking looking that way, but uh, you're, you're good on the side there. And talk to me about the field goals because what was the stat that you had coming into this one about Tennessee's field goals this season? It was uh, – I was with a group of guys last week and, and uh, one of them kind of took a play on this. So basically they took uh, New England to kick the, the first field goal and I took uh, Tennessee under the one and a half. But they're on their they're on their fourth field goal kicker, um, which are they're obviously not super comfortable with. Uh, and I think in this situation, number one, they're going to have to score. So you got to lay a little bit of juice to take the under one and a half. But it's something like it's either 14 and three or 15 and two. They've gone under the field goal so far this year. Um, so definitely, uh, you know, that obviously it paid last week. It's paid most of the time this year, but I'm going to probably take a look at that next year when teams have some kicking woes and, you know, especially if they start replacing kickers once or twice, I'm going to start looking into that and see if we can't pick up on any trends. Yeah. By the time you're on your third string kicker, uh, chances are there's a reason they're the third string kicker and they've just picked them up off the street. Yep. All right. So with that, let's look ahead to the Sunday games. Now, this is your favorite play of the week in this one here as the Houston Texans go to Kansas City. Now, Houston has already won in Kansas City this season. You know, I saw a stat, but it was a little bit meaningless to me that Kansas City has never lost at Arrowhead to the same team twice in the same year. So you got to think about how many times that's happened. It, it has to be usually probably a division rival that they played in the playoffs. I don't know how many times, but it can't be a large sample size and it has to go over a very long history there. Um, just the fact that you're probably not playing the same team twice at your home stadium in a given season. But Houston has gone in there and knows that they, they can win in there. Um, Kansas city minus nine and a half in this one and Houston, obviously coming off that overtime game, which was, uh, I think the most entertaining game of the week. Um, and the, the big comeback against the bills. So what, what do you look at in this one, Greg? Do you think that what's going to be the difference in your mind this week from earlier in the season, if there is one? Uh, read with the um, extra prep going on um, and then basically just health. I think we were talking before, you know, you got Tyreek Hill. I'm, I'm seeing questionable with Kelsey, but the knee, 
but I can't imagine that guy sitting out for the ball game. Uh, and this Kansas City defense, the, the second half of the year, that's why my pick's going to go the way that it's going to go. Uh, they've, been, they've been playing like top six, top seven uh, defense, which they weren't um, in the first half of the year. So I think they've just really gelled. They're pretty healthy. Um, and I don't trust the Texans to be able to put up points against that defense. So my, my pick is going to be the over 30 points uh, for the chiefs, uh, because I think there's a correlation. I think Reed's not only good off the buy, but I think traditionally he's good with the over off the buy. So just as far as a, a really good offensive mind, able to scheme against the defense and, you know, I think he gets lucky with the defense that he goes up again. He'd much rather face that Texans defense versus the Bills defense, who would have probably came in and kind of mucked the game up a little bit. Um, and especially if you know if there's no if there's no uh, Will Fuller again and everything like that, I don't want to play an over total depending on two teams to hit that over. Um, if I'm not confident that the other ones get their deep threat and the offense is going to be any good. So that's why I'm just taking the, um, kind of the, the, um, what the derivative number and doing the over 30, it's not on 31, which is good because it's a pretty key number there. So I still get 31. So I'm going to jump on that shortly. Um, and I, I also like for those reasons, Kansas city for the game, and I'm actually still seeing it at nine and a half. So if you like anything else and you want to tease it and you can get it to two and a half, that's not terrible at all. The Kansas city chiefs, obviously, I, I think, uh, having the opportunity to get, um, to get the buy and get Andy Reid that extra week to prepare is huge. I think they might have been missing two offensive linemen against against the Houston Texans. If not, at least one Eric Fisher, I think, was banged up. And let's be honest, they just weren't clicking at that point in the season. They finished the season strong. And as you mentioned, Greg, their defense has been playing a lot better. It's a lot more balanced football. Um, and I don't have a lot of faith in, in the coaching matchup in this one if you're looking at Bill O'Brien. Um, I honestly don't think he did anything to – get them back in the game, save a, a play from Deshaun Watson, where he somehow again gets out of a ridiculous tackle that reminded me the play of earlier in the season when he had gotten kicked in the eye. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and so, yeah, I think what happened was they just hit him from both sides and one went to knock him down and the other stood him up. So it was just perfect. Perfect timing. And then he got to go from there. So listen, uh, I, if I'm going anyway, I'm going with the uh, Chiefs on this one. I think that they're going to cover this. Um, I don't think the I don't think the Texans are ready for this level of competition in the playoffs. And we all know the Chiefs might have a little unfinished business from last season uh, after that loss to the Patriots. All right. So let's move on to the final game of the weekend. The Seattle Seahawks, after beating the Eagles, head to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Seattle's offense didn't look very impressive uh, against that Philly defense in, in the win. Just a couple big plays to DK Metcalf seemed to be the play. They come into this one as four point underdogs. Um, Green Bay, obviously getting the rest. What's your, what's your make of this one, Greg? Um, I think another, 
you know, I want to kind of say another low scoring game here. I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about the equation to beat the Packers. And you see most teams that beat the Packers this year kind of control the ball on the ground. So I really like the Seahawks. Well, most teams, we got, we've got three losses for the Packers. <laughs> well, yeah, but the, the equation was to, to ground and pound on them. Um, at least from from my recollection. So I would like the Seahawks a lot better if they had their full complement of running backs. Um, you and I were talking that they traditionally have been playing some pretty easy games, and the the Packers, although you know thirteen and three, uh, didn't blow us away in any sort of stat areas. So um, lean to just take the points because I'm not you know really feeling either way. Do you know what the weather's going to be like out there is is there anything inclement or anything like that because if so i could be swayed to the under pretty quickly i know we're uh expecting it here on the east coast i don't know what the weather report's like for there as of yet but you know i think look at this and, and you talked about it that the, oh right here uh snow showers 20 degrees uh is expected here on sunday 20 degrees Fahrenheit. That's what I'm looking. 50% chance of snow. Hmm. That's what I'm seeing there. It's very interesting to me. Yeah. So, I mean, look, this, this offense for the Seattle Seahawks is basically as Russell Wilson goes. And I think that these two teams have had a lot in common, just in the sense that they have won so many close games uh, down the stretch. And you want to talk about the schedule that, that both of them have had. I mean, green Bay didn't look great down the stretch. They barely beat the, uh, who was it at the Redskins that was in Washington. Uh, they barely beat Detroit to get the buy at the end of the season, um, a game they needed. But if you look at it, you know, they're a team that has been really balanced all season. Um, they're and in their losses, that's what their coach, uh, McVay, right. Who's the new coach for the Packers this season? Yeah, in his first season? Young, young, handsome gentleman. Yes, the young, handsome gentleman known as the Green uh, Bay Packers La- coach. LaFleur. Thanks, LaFleur. Matt LaFleur. Right, came from McVay's system. So Matt LaFleur uh, said that he had given up on running the ball too early. And that was in the losses. When you look at specifically the one against the Chargers, I think that was pretty evident. Um, they abandoned it pretty quickly. And then the other game was against the 49ers, where they just absolutely got smoked um, against the 49ers. I think that uh, I think that the Smiths for them, Zendarius and Preston Smith, Zedarius and Preston Smith, are going to have a good day because I think that Seattle's uh, offensive line is still a, a, a bit banged up. I don't think uh, they're still questionable. Uh, I believe for this game. And even if they are coming back, those, those two defensive linemen have managed to change the defense for the Packers a bit this season. Look, I look at this one being a field goal game again, either way. Um, and with that, I think you take the points at four, but I also think that if it has the potential to get blown out, then I think this one is going to go um, the Packers way. So, Really on the fence on this one, clearly, and that makes for great podcasting, you know. <laughs> I have a uh, quick weather alert because I believe you were looking at current weather, 20, 21, and 70% precipitation. Sunday is only a 10% chance of precipitation. And what's the weather? 23 degrees, so it's still cold. Yeah, 
as t- as it tends to be in Green Bay this time of year. Oh yeah, yeah. We'll be getting 65. They'll be getting 20, 22. Yeah, I will tell you though. Just I, you know, I don't know if there would be a look ahead line on this, but um, assuming the 49ers win, I, I will take uh, the 49ers in a route over either of these teams next week. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, what way do you get for Super Bowl odds at this point? You know, they, that's the way to that's the way to do that. All right, so 49ers headed to the Super Bowl. Who do you have going to the Super Bowl now? Another weekend, because uh, my pick has been for the the 49ers and uh, and the Tennessee Titans, obviously. Uh, my Super Bowl selection for the year is out. <laughs> yes, I I'm aware of that. I am abstaining. Abstaining from voting. All right. So a real lot of conviction in this podcast. A lot of conviction on what we like after after wild card weekend here. Um, so we you both lean the, the forty plus plus three fifty at this point. The forty niners are plus three fifty. Yeah. All right. So forty niners plus three fifty. And uh, how about the Titans right now? Plus two G's. See, now I would much prefer plus 350 on Kansas City because I think they have the tougher route but the better chance of winning if they get there. But I know the idea is take the one that's got the route so that way, you know, you have a, a dog in the fight there when it comes to the Super Bowl. Oh, so you, you mean win it? Yeah, for winning the Super Bowl. That's so that's to win the Super Bowl, not to get there for the NFC. Right. I don't right. have anything for to get there. Gotcha. So to recap for you here, Greg and I both lean the 49ers uh, minus the seven against the Minnesota Vikings. I am staying with the Tennessee Titans as I have all season. I think their run does come to an end this week, uh, but I think they keep it close enough against the Ravens to cover that nine and a half. We both like the well, I like Greg leans the Chiefs. Uh, at minus nine and a half against Houston. Greg likes the over total points, 30 for Kansas City uh, as they take on the Texans. And then uh, we're just going to enjoy the Green Bay Packers taking on the Seattle Seahawks in that one. Or we might be asleep at that point. Yeah, what do you have on six? What what stats do you have on 640 start times historically, Greg? Yeah, Greg doesn't like them. When I was <laughs> when, I, when I was in college, I wasn't even coherent enough to watch the 6:40 start time. Yeah, well, that's because there probably wasn't many 6:40 start times. I don't. I don't. I feel like this is new. Did they always do this at 6:40? When the when the yeah they do because I remember because um, they do the same thing next weekend and when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl um, when we were in college, I was straight up not present during the second game <laughs> already in celebration mode there you go didn't, all right folks we were playing all right we well, listen <laughs> didn't know who his team was playing in the super bowl probably had a boatload on him already though <laughs> oh boy all right we are wishing you a much better divisional round than the wild card round was for greg hoyle uh go with the prop bets. don't forget under one and a half field goals for the tennessee titans in this one for greg hoyle and his playoff beard joe Vasiri <laughs> signing off remember everyone it's not whether or not you win or lose it's whether or not you cover the spread have a great week everyone <laughs>